Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. And thank you so very much for listening in once again this week. That this is a Tuesday podcast this week, as I wanted to um, wait wait till after Martin Luther King Jr. Day to uh, put this up. So. We have some, some things to get into this week, and we're, we're going to unveil my picks for the two games on Championship Sunday this coming Friday, so so please be, be aware that your, your picks against the spread for Championship Sunday will come on Friday. So, we have three main things I want to get into this week, and we're, we're going to get into all of the or um, divisional weekend games in just a smidge. So, three topics today. The Rockets trading James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. The Mets firing Jared Porter after the rogue text messages from 2016 surfaced. And then the main topic will be running down the divisional weekend games. And they, they, they were juicy, they were spicy. But let's start. With James Harden. And James Harden obviously is a tremendous talent in the NBA. There's no question about that. So, James Harden was traded to the Brooklyn Nets for a slew of prospects, uh, a slew of draft picks, and a couple of key pieces were traded in there as well. So, now you have James Harden and Kevin Durant. In the two games they were together, their game on Saturday against Orlando, and then the game on Monday against Milwaukee. J- James Harden and Kevin Durant were a show. That they were draining buckets. They they were they showed why they were elite scorers, and the 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 Brooklyn Nets got 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 a a. a boost of energy with with those two guys around but this is where this is going to uh, turn dramatically bad for the worse for the Brooklyn Nets that that it's obviously been in the works that Kevin Durant and James Harden who both played together for for that 2012 NBA Finals team in Oklahoma City that that they, they wanted to play with each other again and and this was something after the the rock the frustration with James Harden not winning a championship with Houston predictably so and and so and so it was James Harden's terms that that he wanted to uh, go over to Brooklyn and 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 team up with Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant in in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center so i have a lot of things when it, when it comes to this trade Number one, they they traded Karis LeVert, they traded Jared Allen, and and th- th- those were some of the most important non-star pieces for the Brooklyn Nets. That Dinwiddie tears his ACL, uh, that that was a big loss. But if the Brooklyn Nets do not win a championship this year, that th- this operation will will blow up right in the faces of Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. The the Brooklyn Nets are they they've gone all in. They mortgaged their future. That they, they believe that they that they that they can win a championship 
with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. And you have Kyrie Irving, who, who spent a, a lot of time outside the organization the last couple of weeks right, because of per- personal reasons. J- James Harden wanted out wanted out of Houston because you, you knew he was never going to win there. And so the Brooklyn Nets became the biggest soap opera in all of sports. And I'll give you a spoiler alert. It will not end well for anybody in Brooklyn. The coach, the players, the ownership. The, the Nets made the same mistake that they made eight years ago when, when they acquired uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce from the Boston Celtics and Morgan to the future. You, you 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 look all around and, and and you and you 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 see them trying to win a championship, right? The late the Lakers still have LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. You can argue LeBron and Anthony Davis are the two best players in the NBA. You can absolutely argue that LeBron and AD are the two best players in the NBA. And you you look at how how the Lakers are how 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 they're constructed how LeBron in essence built that team together, and the, 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 this this Lakers team I think is going to win beat anybody anywhere for a championship. So where where do the Nets come into this? They they beat Milwaukee last night. That Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday that they, they they all went toe to toe with with these guys uh, every, every step of the way. But the problem with James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team is where is their defense? There was time and time and time again down the stretch. That that the Nets failed to make stops, you know, like Giannis hits a three and Drew Drew Holiday goes in and and and, and puts a couple of baskets in. What the Nets are not ready for is when you have to go up against a, against a defensive oriented team like the like the Miami Heat. You know, the Heat aren't right in the, in the playoff conversation because they got off to a slow start. Let, but let's say Miami gets it. Let's say they have to face Miami. They Let's say they have to face um, M- Milwaukee. Let's say they have to face Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers or Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics. The, uh, the Nets are going to be grossly outcoached in, in, in a playoff series. Especially when it features a team like Milwaukee or Boston and, and and the studs they have over there. Now, it's going to be a fascinating conversation to have about when Kyrie Irving comes back tomorrow and tries to gel in. Will there be a will? How much off the court drama will there be between the, those three guys? Because you know. With Harden, uh, that he, he he can be yeah he can cause some drama. You know, Kyrie Irving, he's already caused drama the this season, and he, and he did last season too. So you you look at guys that are going to be playing forty to forty five minutes a night. Yeah, you you have to figure there's going to be da- uh, there's going to be load management to get ready for the playoffs. But when when those three are on the court together. Will they be able to, to to make the plays they need to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, to beat the Boston Celtics in the playoffs? Right now, if if you had Dinwiddie, Levert, and Allen, I think you could have made, you could have made those arguments. But if if those those guys are not going to be playing defense, 
And I don't trust the Nets in, 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 a, in, a, in a seven game series with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Philadelphia 76ers, or the Boston Celtics. That That is going to be the, the biggest blow up in the history of the Brooklyn Nets. You had you have three Hall of Fame caliber talents all in their primes and 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 they're they're all of them share the same weakness um playing defense because you 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 could you could tell that the Nets are the, that those guys aren't interested in playing defense. And by the way, guess who is in Brooklyn uh assisting Steve Nash? Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni, and I've been all over him for for, for not emphasizing the uh, the de- uh, the defense enough. And you know the small ball thing clearly was not going to work in the playoffs. And, and so, what's Mike D'Antoni going uh, going to uh, uh, incorporate with Steve Nash? The same thing, and that is not going to be how the Brooklyn Nets can win a championship. That the defense has to vastly improve in order for these guys to win a championship. That's topic number one. Topic number two, as the, as la- last night some disturbing news uh, came about with new- newly hired Mets general manager Jared Porter after he sent ro- rogue text messages, explicit text messages for that matter, in 2016 to a female reporter. And th- th- this news surfaced late last night, uh, and th- th- there are two things uh, th- that 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 I'm going to take away from this. Number one, the the Steve Cohen is not Jeff Wilpon. This is not going to be an ownership that 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 deals with with baloney like like that. This is not. Th- this was everything. That that the Mets could have done uh, to 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 not make it their problem. This was never a Mets problem. This was the problem of Jared Porter and, and his employer in 2016, the Chicago Cubs. What did the Cubs know in 2016 that 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 would lead them to lead them to believe that that Jared that Jared Porter uh, represented integrity? There, uh, th- th- that female reporter. I don't know if 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 she's working right now or working right now, but that female reporter uh, decided to quit because of Jared Porter. This is an absolute pathetic disgrace on all levels, and, and this is the uh, this is the Cubs. This is the the Jared Porter. You you sent sixty two. Uh, text messages and no, this is not Mets Twitter going off and 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 and, and rejecting uh, Jerry Porter just because he's Jerry Porter. You give Porter the credit. You have to give him some credit for some of the moves that Mets made after he was hired. But in reality, the the real uh, the real g- genius behind Francisco Lindor, in my opinion, is Sandy Alderson. Sandy Alderson to me is the real general manager of the New York Mets. Not in title. But but in the way he completely revamped the culture, and if this was Jeff Wilpon, they, they they would have carried this out for weeks and weeks before they decide to fire him and not and, and not replace him. So the fact that Steve, Steve Cohen tweeted at eight o'clock uh, shortly before eight o'clock this morning, and and say that that we've terminated 
Jared Porter. I think that uh, that that might be harsh language to some, but but for Jared Porter it shouldn't be at all because of uh, of um uh, of his actions in 2016 on uh, that that lead to uh, that that led to some some of the tragic things that happened well with 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 them. So props to the Mets. And I and and I demand and I know Major League Baseball announced today that they're going to be opening up an investigation about what happened in 2016 with with the uh, with the Cubs and Jared Porter and why that th- they ignored it. And obviously, he was the uh, he was employed by Arizona, the Diamondbacks. So, uh, but it, it's not a Diamondbacks problem because Jared Porter was was long gone with the Cubs before then. But it. But if it did 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 did, did the victim play a, a show something to the Arizona Diamondbacks and say Jared Porter is is not is not worth the integrity and he he should be gone and and also why did ESPN uh, hold hold on to the story until Jared Porter be, uh, made it big in New York that that's what I'm trying to figure out so. Well, I, I, well, I think every sports team, with sports franchise, especially in, in professional sports and college sports, I think they need to go uh, go and reevaluate um, uh, uh, what what type of culture th- that they want, and is their culture equipped uh, to to be successful and and be marketable in twenty twenty one? Because th- those types of stories are uh, and and. And those types of people are not going going to make anything better. And Samuel and Steve Cohen in his opening press conference, he he said he was going to completely change the culture, and 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 his actions this morning proved that he meant it. So props to Steve Cohen, props to San Yeldison for putting this together. Shout out to the player, the the the. Uh, the 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 player who said that Jared Porter needed to go, so that that that's a huge huge public relations victory for the New York Mets and uh, so that that's going that's going to be a a huge boon to the Mets going forward uh, and 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 Steve Cohen and what he's going to be, going to bring to the the franchise going forward. The coronavirus took its toll on human life in 2020. But just because 2020 is over and that a vaccine has been approved for emergency use doesn't mean that the threat of COVID-19 is gone. Please remember to wear your masks and maintain a 6-foot physical distance from others while you can. And if you're sick, don't go to work or school. You can mask up and you can save lives. Okay, everybody, now it's time for... Topic number three, and we're going to run down a recap of divisional weekend across the National Football League. So we want to begin with the first game, the Green Bay Packers. They took care of business. They took down the LA Rams 32-18, to and it was all about the offense for the Packers on Saturday. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 36 passing, 296 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 99 yards, a touchdown, including a 60-yard run to start the second half. And Aaron Lazard, a 58-yard touchdown reception with 7 minutes left to turn a 25-18 game into 
a two-possession game, and this was all about the Packers, as I mentioned earlier, that they dialed up a great balanced game plan, 72 plays, 36 pass attempts, 36 rush attempts, 188 yards rushing, great play calling by Matt LaFleur, and specifically I'm looking at that touchdown pass to Devontae Adams in the second quarter, which which jammed uh, Jalen Ramsey, that Ramsey was covering Adams, and then Aaron Rodgers snapped it. At the time, it would be impossible for Ram- uh, Ramsey to catch up to him in time. This was all against the league's number one defense, mind you, in which they scored on each of their first five drives. They had zero turnovers. They they allowed zero sacks. They punted the ball just twice and registered 484 total yards of offense. But let's give some credit too to that defense. They have been playing much better football and the, the football that I've been expecting over the last several weeks. And you know I talked about their defense being the, uh, the hidden weapon of this team. Jair Alexander was great. He was pro football focus uh, said on Sunday. He was the first corner since 2006 to allow negative yards in a postseason game. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith were great. Rashawn Gary played particularly well, generating pressure on Jared Goff all night. Aaron Rodgers proved once again that he is such a transcendent talent at the quarterback position. And these are the results you get when you have a quarterback who is top 10 all time and the team plays complimentary football against a well-coached Rams team with Sean McVay. So you have to give a lot of credit to the Packers and they'll be hosting Championship Sunday at 3 o'clock on Sunday on Fox. But let's talk about the Rams because th- there were a lot of problems when it, when it come, came to, to, to the team health. And the Cooper Cup injury, I think, played a significant role in this game. And Robert Woods was simply going to be no match for Jair Alexander whatsoever. And there was a reason now Alexander played like that. He's a se- second team All-Pro. He was one of the five best corners in the game this year. And he... he and, and he played like an all-pro corner this uh, on Saturday. And the absence of Cup severely limited what McVay and offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell uh, can do expanding the playbook. This was the same Cooper Cup that tore his ACL in the middle of a Super Bowl season. And his presence could have made a huge difference in Super Bowl 53 against the Patriots. Also, Aaron Donald couldn't go the whole game, and that was a problem too. And I've said this a million times, the issue I had with the Rams' defense was always what they were without the best defensive player in the NFL. And I knocked the Rams... I knacked the Rams' plan for for not not going deep on defense. He obviously had Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, but but what what else? But this this defense was easily exploited and outclassed by the Packers uh, with one of the league's best offensive lines, and the Rams just simply had no answers whatsoever on defense. So. Where does this lead the Rams going forward? Obviously, they need a new defensive coordinator since the Chargers hired Brandon Staley as their next head coach, and we'll get into that hire on Friday. Next year is a make-or-break year for Jared Goff. Let's not make any mistakes about this. Make or break for Jared Goff. The pressures of a former of number one overall draft pick are not to be dismissed whatsoever. However, give Golf credit for how he gutted it out against Seattle with a compromised hand. 
But here, here are the numbers this season. And remember, we, we are in a league now where 24 points a game is the new 20. And the, and the expectations of quarterbacks to rack up stats are are have been increasing over the, over the last 10 to 20 years. So his numbers this season, 67% passing, 3,952 yards passing, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and... Sean McVay didn't exactly give him a ringing endorsement in his post-game press conference on Saturday. So, what does that mean? Does this mean that Les Snead will bring in someone to compete with golf? Is golf going to need to earn his job back in training camp next summer? But regardless, the Rams will need to figure out a way how they're going to be successful in 2021. So, Leonard Floyd, Troy Hill, John Johnson, they are all free agents at the end of the season, and it is highly unlikely that all of them will be back. So, it's conceivable that the Rams will need to use some draft capital to replace them. And also, the Rams do not have a first-round pick because of the Jalen Ramsey trade last season. So, they are unlikely to draft a quarterback. And Goff is also owned owed a ton of money the next few years because the Rams made the decision uh, after 2017 to not, not wait till he hits free agency. That th- This would have been the year he hits, he hits free agency. So th- there there is a lot of pressure on the Rams next year again. And you, you, you look at the at the landscape with, with, with the NFC West, right? So the, the Rams made the playoffs at ten, they, and they won 10 games. You, you look at a team like Arizona, and I think they're only going to get better. I think the way the 49ers are structured, they can only get better after all the injuries they suffered this this year. And they're going, and Kyle Shanahan's going to have some work to do after Robert Sala left to, to be the head coach of the Jets. So this is going to be a very difficult uh, sequence of, of events coming off this offseason for the Rams. So I'm going to be interested in, in how Les Snead and Sean McVay handle all the challenges they'll face this spring. So we, we talked about the Packers. Well, I also wanted to, uh, this is where we, we segue into the next segment uh, part. The Buffalo Bills are headed to the AFC Championship game for the first time in 27 years as they took down the Baltimore Ravens 17-3. And this was all about Buffalo's defense stopping Lamar Jackson. And and, and, and I, I think the, the idea of the Ravens' defense credit, I think the Ravens played a, as well as they possibly could have against, against this high-flying Buffalo offense that they only allowed a, a, t- a 10 off- a defensive points that... Uh, another came on a pick six, so, the, but this this to me is is more about the Ravens because I picked Baltimore to win. I picked Balt. Uh, I no, excuse me. I picked Buffalo to win and Buffalo to cover. But I picked the Ravens preseason to go to the Super Bowl. So I want to evaluate the Ravens a little bit going going into this offseason. and I th- everything about about the Ravens. Um, believe it or not, is going to evolve around the question of can Lamar Jackson win the playoff games? And we saw how one-dimensional Baltimore's offense was um, when Lamar Jackson isn't able to consistently move, move the ball up and down the field through the year. That he, he has to rely on his legs, that he he has to rely on the offensive line to block him, that there, there isn't really much of a... Uh, of a um, 
passing attack with, with this Ravens offense. And But I think uh, th this is proof that Greg Roman will never be an NFL head coach because his play calling, both last year in the playoffs and th this year in the divisional round, the play calling was dreadful. And it, it, it was obvious uh, early on that, that the Ravens weren't going to be able to keep up with Buffalo's passing attack during the second half because Lamar Jackson couldn't throw the ball up and down the field. And in order for the Ravens, in order for Lamar Jackson to really see um, the, the, the hype translate into the results of that hype, uh, res results uh, of... Um, I mean, that that most coins coincide with uh, with the hype that he he's gonna have to learn to to fix his flaws and th and throw the ball and the the, the way I look at uh, Lamar Jackson he he's more like more he is a faster smarter version of Geno Smith right because G Geno Smith was was fundamentally flawed th throwing the football and he had to rely on, on his legs a little bit to generate some plays for uh, for whoever he played with. So, I I think Baltimore need, needs to change at, off, at the offensive coordinator position. I think Baltimore need, needs to consider uh, uh, bringing in a, a wide receiver in free agency. I think Baltimore need, needs to consider um, everything that, that allows Lamar Jackson to win the big games in the playoffs because... Uh, everything Lamar Jackson said after he lost to Tennessee in the playoffs last year was true. That he he's not going to be happy with 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 the accolades unless he uh, except for winning winning the Super Bowl, and he he's right for that. And he knows that that the season was the was the abysmal failure for the Baltimore Ravens, right? They they get in they get into the playoffs. They needed all seventeen weeks of the regular season to do it. They lost out on the on the division to Pittsburgh because they they, they couldn't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you you have the you you have uh, a a rising Cleveland Browns team. And we're gonna get into the Browns coming up next. And if if the Ravens want to want to win a championship, I, Lamar Jackson is going to need to learn how how to throw how to throw the ball. So offensive coordinator switch I think would be needed, and and we'll have to see how how things go about this off season for the Baltimore Ravens. The next game was in fact featuring the Cleveland Browns of the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs took down the Browns twenty-two to seventeen, and. I th the, b the big story for this game was the uh, was the health of Patrick Mahomes, and that's going to be the case we're going to get into on champion uh, as we get closer to the, their matchup in the AFC Championship game against the Bills. And uh, I and the, we look at the ebb and flow of the game in the in the first half. It was clear that Patrick uh, that um and uh, that Patrick Mahomes got the best of that defense that they. Move, they moved the ball at, at will, especially that first drive, the methodical drive that Patrick Mahomes ran it, ran it in for a couple of yards for for a touchdown on the opening drive, and then he throw, throws the ball into the upper deck at Arrowhead, and you you know how hard it is to do from the position Mahomes was at, and and then the Browns defense did did make, did make some stops in in the um in the second quarter. 
But the the biggest uh, the turning point of the game what was was the was the missed helmet to helmet hit uh, call and and the fumble that that went out of bounds in the end zone. And if you're a Browns fan, I I I would imagine uh, having watched the rest of the game. If you're a Browns fan, you ha- you had to feel sick to your stomach that that one of the dumbest rules in sports, uh, a, f- a fumble in the end zone, results in, in a turnover and a touchback. And, th- and then what happened? The, the Chiefs uh, convert uh, t- took advantage of it. They they took it down the field. They kicked the field goal, and 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 that ultimately w- would be the difference in in this ball game. And in, instead of the, the the Chiefs being up sixteen to ten at halftime, they were up nineteen to seven, and and um, but there, there's nothing to be ashamed of, I think, for the Cleveland Browns. There's only one place to uh, to look uh, look into for the Browns, and that 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 is the direction of up. You go. You have an excellent defense. You have a great offensive line. You have Baker Mayfield, one year of Kevin Stefanski changing the culture, and 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 the Browns won 11 games. They won a playoff game for the first time in 26 years, and and to see to see how how the Chiefs were able to pull that out after Mahomes got knocked out with 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 concussion protocols in place. I think you you had to feel something for for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes because the the Chiefs have been on this road before. Let let's make no mistake about it. The Chiefs have been on this path before of what's the health of Patrick Mahomes going to be like on a day to day basis and can we win football games without Patrick Mahomes and that uh, it was we saw this during the regular season last year when he got knocked out due due to injury, but I also want to look at the sequence. At the end of the game, with Chad Haney and and the the, the the Chiefs had the ball, a third and fourteen with two minutes left. The Browns were out of timeouts. Chiefs up by five. But Haney decides to run the football, and then he comes up just short of the first down, which would have ended it right there. But then, how about them going for it on fourth and one, knowing the knowing the the the, the consequences if they didn't get that one yard. And then Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy uh, dial up a great play call and and throw it to Tyree Kill for the first down to end it. That was one of the great, one of the best play calls I've seen in the playoff game in a long time. It took a lot of guts, but if if the if the teams want to win football games uh, in 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 January, you you need to be be willing to execute difficult plays and and in. In difficult circumstances, and that—that's the genius of Eric uh, Andy Reid. That's the genius of Eric Bieniemy, and uh, that—that's where the Chiefs are going to play on. Uh, why the Chiefs will host the Bills on Championship Sunday? So I can't wait for Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I can't wait though for Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers. That the. Packers and the Buccaneers will be playing each other on Sunday afternoon in the NFC Championship game. The Buccaneers took uh, took care went went to New Orleans after being beat by them twice during the regular season. They they beat them 30 to 20. But the the main the main subject of this game was Drew Brees against that Saints defense. That the that the uh, the Drew Brees against the Tampa Bay defense, I mind you, and 
Tampa Bay forced four turnovers, and they, they scored 21 points off those four turnovers. And and if you if you're a team in the playoffs, you you need to punish the opposition for you know, for giving the ball away. And surely enough, they did. And but the but you look at Drew Brees, he was terrible on 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 his on his way out on Sunday. First ballot Hall of Famer, he has a lot of accolades, a lot of a lot of statistical records. But the way he went out, he went out on a limb. Yeah, 134 yards passing, one touchdown. Three interceptions and Brady and the Bucks pounced on every opportunity they had. That and remember, there, there was a time in this game where I, I would, where having to settle for two Will Lutz field goals early was going to be a big difference in the ball game. And I'm thoroughly not surprised that that take missing opportunities was going to play a pivotal role in 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 this game and. The, the the fact of the matter is the Saints uh, took advantage of their opportunities and the uh, and the, that the excuse me the Buccaneers took advantage of their opportunities and the Saints couldn't and that wound up being the difference in the ball game and all four turnovers took place in in the Saints' own territory and the the Buccaneers are that they played a tremendous a uh, tremendous value of defense. Devin White's return played a significant role in this game. I, he had an interception in in the game, and he was all over the place making plays left and right for Tampa Bay. And the, I had issues about Tampa's defense. I did not think that 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 they they would adjust after be, after beating Washington. And sure enough, that that they they made the Saints one one dimensional that, and that the the Saints could only run the ball. And the the only uh, big play the Saints made offensively was by, by Jameis Winston, who threw that fifty eight yard bomb to Traquan Smith um, in in the um in the second quarter. So that that made it that that broke a six six tie that made it. No, excuse no. It 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 gave the Saints the lead, and then Tampa Bay tied at the half, and then the Saints scored a touchdown to make it twenty to thirteen, and then the the Buccaneers ended the game with seventeen unanswered points. So, Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer, he will always get the credit for changing the culture and 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 a big responsibility for why the Saints had fifteen years of success. That uh, given given the condition of the franchise as uh, as a dumpster fire franchise, that he was able to turn the whole operation around and and and, and lead New Orleans to constant regular season success. And the biggest shame to me with with the Saints was that they only won one championship with Drew Brees. That. Yeah, he is the type of leader that everybody wants to be around, and I, I, I and I think the best example of it this season was Michael Thomas after the game that Michael Thomas needed to undergo off-season surgery, and he 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 played through injuries this season, but he he wanted to play through those injuries because uh, he he wanted to he knew this was going to be the last go round for the Saints, and he wanted to try to win championship with Drew Brees uh, before he goes out, so. The last four years with the Saints in the playoffs, that it that they lose on the Minneapolis Miracle, that they lose at home to the Rams, blowing a 13-0 lead, and I won't mention the the 
the missed pass interference call because the Saints should not have been at that point in the first place. They lose at home to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings last year, and then 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 they lose to Brady and, and the Bucks this year. And you, you you have to think about what the Saints might try to do. I I think they're going to go internal. I think they're going to give Jameis Winston a shot to uh, to being the franchise quarterback and. I think the coaching is going to be is better in New Orleans, so I think Winston will be will be better off in New Orleans than he was in Tampa. And and we're going to have to see if if the Saints uh, if someone can maintain the culture after after Drew Brees left. So a lot's on the table this week for the, the NFL, and we will we will do the games against the spread for the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a tremendous, tremendous championship Sunday uh, all, all over. So until then, this is John Flynn saying so long. And I'll be back here on the podcast on Friday. So long, everybody.